your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. You know, it's already starting calling less penalties. The Penguins have only had three power plays in their last four games. The Penguin power play is still number one in the league, converting 27.2% of the time. But that conversion rate doesn't really help if the Penguins never get on the power play. Uh, Less power plays this time of year, that's not a league mandate. That's the referees imposing their own mandate. Sports officials can be sad, pathetic people. They weren't good enough to play the game, but now they still want to decide the game. Football should be called the same in the last quarter of the last game as in the first quarter of the first game. Baseball should be umpired the same on the last pitch of the last game as on the first pitch of the first game. And hockey should be refereed the same in the last minute of the last game as in the first minute of the first game. The same in the playoffs as in October. And if you're an NHL ref and you disagree, guess what? You just made the list! By the way, the Penguins have scored on two of those three power play opportunities. Just three power play opportunities in the last four games total, so the power play is amazing. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. I did two appearances this weekend. I was at uh, the Bridgeville Volunteer Fire Department for South Fayette Hockey. And that was a lot of fun. Saw Frankie LaRue there. He got up and did a Q&A with me. So did Doran Dickerson, the ex Pitt football player, former Steeler as well. Uh, we had a great time. And then I was at, uh, this was a crazy one. I was at Willie's Bar and Grill in Fredericton, PA. Remember I said it was exactly 59 minutes away? It was more like an hour and 15 minutes away. But it was great. The people were great. It was packed. There were like just 100 some odd people in this bar. And they were, you know, I did a Q&A, answered questions all night, signed stuff. It was a great time. And uh, they thought Hunwick played fine. No, they 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 really didn't. They were they were pretty chapped. But uh, but it was just you know two two terrific appearances. And I and I said that to lead into saying something else, but I forget what it was now. So let's just leave it at two terrific appearances. Uh, right across Willie's Bar and Grill was right on the Monongahela River. You know, it was right across the river, a maximum security prison. Yow. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We've got our buddy Sean Rourke will join us at 530 from NHL.com. We'll go over the trades. If we're just tuning in, the Penguins got some scrub center from Carolina, Juris. Perhaps they were exercising jurisprudence when they got him. Get it? That actually makes sense. It was very prudent to get Juris, ergo jurisprudence, and uh, Jim Rutherford says that Patrick Hornquist is going to sign a contract extension tomorrow. Uh, it's reported to be five years with an average annual value of $5.3 million. and I never thought that would happen. Never. 
Thought Hornquist was gone. Thought the cap. And I thought he'd, he'd want to be a free agent and get that big dough. He's still getting pretty big dough, but I don't think it's as big. Uh, by the way, here's a tweet from uh, the king of old school, John Stagerwald. If you're worried that the Penguins can't win a cup without Cole, think back to last year and all the people saying Latang was their most indispensable player. And, you know, thinking back, when Tanger was out for the playoffs, there were more people saying, now they can win it without Tanger. You know, no problem. They got plenty of D. And now friggin' Ian Cole leaves, and it's disastrous. Again, I like the guy. I respect what he did here. Thank God they didn't get Dad back. Matt Collin, oh, enough of Dad already. They didn't need Dad. They got Shane, better skater, just a better player, period, right now. Their centers this year are better than their centers last year. Let there be no question about that. Crosby and Malkin are still Crosby and Malkin. In fact, Malkin might even be better than Malkin this year. Who needs Malkin when you got Malkin? And then uh, Broussard is better than Benino, and Shane's better than Cullen. Center's the most important position in hockey besides goal, and the Penguins have better centers this year than last. Here's a nifty story. Uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is planning to find Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner, millions of dollars for conduct detrimental to the NFL. You know what that is? That's retribution for trying to get rid of Roger. There can be only one. If you want to keep talking hockey, you got about 40 seconds to do it because I'm going to do a, a monologue here about something else. Namely, golf. If I killed all the golfers, they'd throw away the... Uh, no, Justin Thomas. Uh, he won the Honda Classic at a playoff. But he had a fan ejected. That's the big news from the tournament. A fan was heckling him on consecutive holes down the stretch when the tournament was tied, and Thomas had him ejected. And people are saying, oh, he has to have a thicker skin. No, he doesn't. He's playing for millions of dollars, and they don't allow heckling in that particular sport. You know how I know he can have the fan ejected? Because he did. So I thought Thomas did the right thing. It's golf, not football. And Justin Thomas has won seven out of his last 31 starts. He's ranked number three in the world right now. But you know what we're talking about? We're talking about Thomas having the fan ejected and Tiger Woods finishing even par and 12th. There was more talk on ESPN about Tiger shooting even par finishing 12th than there was about Justin Thomas winning the friggin' tournament. And it's not like Thomas is some scrub. He's number three in the world. He's won seven of his last 31. Did Tiger ever win seven out of 31? I wouldn't be surprised if he did, nor would I be surprised if he didn't. It's important to note that heckling is illegal at Bushwood, and besides, I never slice. 412-333-9939. Let's go to uh, Scooch and Hopewell. Scooch, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Hey, do you think the Pens just overpaid for Hornquist? I mean, that's a lot of money for a 30-year-old. 31-year-old. Oh, even better. I, I think it's, it, put it this way. 
If it would have been four years for $5 million, I'd have been overjoyed. As it is, I'm still pretty happy because that's the way it goes. You give a guy a contract that's a bit too long, and you try to win as much as you can in the first few years of it. And that's a wise thing to do, not with many teams necessarily, Scooch, but with the Penguins. Do you think Sherry Walker, they try to move him? Well, Sherry can't walk. He's under contract for a couple more years, I think. Uh, will they try to move him? Not this year. Not not before the deadline because the deadline passed two hours and ten minutes ago. Although, who knows what Jim can come up with. Hey, we traded Sherry. Media, come on back. Let's go to Marcus in the car. Marcus, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good. Hey, do you think this deal was kind of premeditated, or do you think that they were looking for anything other than a rental D? Because it seems like interesting timing right after the trade deadline passed. The Hornquist deal? Yeah. No, no, that's been in the works for a while, apparently. Okay, and who do you think is going to have to fall on that sword once the season ends with that contract? What, who they'll have to get rid of? Yeah. I'd have to look at all the cap figures, what the cap's going to be next year, because I think it's supposed to go up by 2 or $3 million. I don't know, bro. i got to be honest. When they're going for a third straight Stanley Cup and they trade it for Broussard and they're going to have Hornquist through the window, I mean, that's what I want to talk about. Not who has to be gotten rid of. Get rid of them all. Send them to the pit of misery, dilly dilly. Let's go to Rich in Harrisburg. Rich, very quickly, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, just real quick, with the Ian Cole trade, to, to pick up on your sentiments, Ian Cole was gone after this season anyway, and as I understand it, Broussard is not only signed for this round, but he has an additional year on his contract. Yeah, Broussard has another year. And don't forget, people think that Cole was the key player for Ottawa in this deal. Apparently not, because they flipped him right to Columbus. Cole was a salary cap make-weight. Ottawa didn't see him as anything significant. And uh, Columbus at the trade deadline was shopping at Walmart. They got Cole, and good for Cole, and I'm happy for Cole, and I'm happy for Columbus. But he's a fifth defenseman. Guess what he's going to be in Columbus? A fifth defenseman. Good guess. Thank you for the call. In fact, let me look at the let me call up this website, Blue Jackets Lines. Their daily face-off combination. Let's see where it lists Cole. If it does even yet. And of course, my computer is malfunctioning. Uh put it this way. Their top players, Warensky and Jones. Cole ain't getting in that pair. Their left defense, one of the second pair is Jack Johnson. Cole's not taking him down a peg. He'll take Taylor Chorney off the depth chart and be the fifth defenseman, bottom pair with David Savard. And that's not a knock. Anytime you play in the league and get a regular spot, get a jersey every night, that's to be complimented, but uh, he's a number five defenseman, period. Oh, my God, the cap might rise to between 78 and $82 million next season. It's $75 mil now. Heck, not only can they keep Hornquist, they can probably go out and sign Ovechkin. Maybe bring Ian Cole back. Ovechkin's not a free agent, by the way. Okay, we got Sean Rourke at the bottom of the hour. I want hockey calls. What's your take on what Rutherford did, which wasn't much today? And also, how much does the deal for McDonough and J.T. Miller benefit Tampa? How close does that put them to the Penguins? 412-333-WXDX. 
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Nice talking to you, Mark. Hey, so be it. Kills time. Hey, Mark, big fan. Hey, super genius. How you doing today? Getting funky like a monkey. The X at 105.9. Okay, the Penguins made a, a couple roster moves. They sent Tristan Jari down and recalled Casey DeSmith. Uh, that's actually good news regarding Matt Murray. If you'll recall, Murray left practice early today after getting hit in the head with a puck. But they would not have sent Jari down if Murray were expected to be unavailable for tomorrow night's game at PPG Paints Arena against the New Jersey Devils, which is a relatively big game. Also, the Penguins sent Dominic Simone down to Wilkes, which is the second best thing they could have done with him, trailing only sending him to Wheeling because he's just been awful. I mean, no goals. In his last 12 games, despite playing with Sid a lot of the time and even getting some minutes on the second power play. I mean, dear God. Good to have Sean Rourke from NHL.com on at the bottom of the hour. And one thing we're going to speak about for sure. Tampa Bay got McDonough and Miller. How close are Tampa Bay and the Penguins now? We'll ask Sean to say... Uh, what separates them, where one team's better and where the other team's better. That's Sean Rourke of NHL.com at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Steve in Economy Borough. Steve, you're on with Mark. Double M, hello. What up? Hey, uh, I absolutely love the Hornquist signing. I mean, that he is the guy on this team in front of the net causing havoc with goalies and doing dirty work, which... Before we got him, I was screaming for us to get someone like that for a long time. So I love that deal. Not worried about the term. Uh, I'm sure probably his last year or two will probably spin him at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, so maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not really thinking past this year. What else you got? Uh, not worried about Hunwick either or Cole. I'll be honest with you. Last year, I didn't think it was possible we could win without Latang. Uh, I I really still think. Well, that's that right. If if they can win without Latang, they can win without Cole. And I'm more worried, of, honestly, more worried about getting someone that can play with Sid a little bit better than than freaking Ian Cole and Hunwick, to be honest. Well, uh, they they're defense, but not wings. And thank you for calling. Uh, it looks like Gensel's back with Sid. If today's practice is any indication, which it may or may not be, because Broussard and Kessel were absent for practice. Guess who's on the NHL Network right now? Ian Cole making his first media appearance as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just couldn't wait. I hope Mike Sullivan's watching. <laughs> Let's go to Tim in Moon. Tim, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mark. Yep. Uh, you know, about the Hornquist extension, you know, kind of like you, I was thinking perhaps it's a bit too long, but at the same time, but then I had the thought, I should say, um, you know, if they structured this deal correctly, and year four or five, how easy will it be able for them to unload to unload that deal to say? I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the ideal deal to give Hornquist would have been three years. He was never going to take less than four, and they gave him five. Uh, a bad deal is never easy to unload. You know, a bad a, 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 a worn out player at a high price is never easy to unload. But let's see how long it is before he's worn out. Again, I, I hesitate to think much beyond this year. Next year at the most. Two years tops because that's the window. 
I think this year, next year, and the year after are maximum opportunity. The window's wide open. It may be open longer than that, but ideally this year, next year, the year after. That that's for sure. Let's go to Jeff and Carnegie. Jeff, you got thirty seconds. A double M, you know, hey, I don't know if you saw the other night right before the Panthers scored a goal. I saw Gensel blocking a shot. Is that really what you want in a regular season game? A guy like Gensel, you know, take one for the team like that. If he gets hurt, that looks pretty bad. Did he get hurt? No, but then I'm okay with it. Thanks for the call. What's he supposed to do? Dive out of the way? Leave that to Phil. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Sean Work next from NHL.com. Can't wait to talk to him. One zero five nine. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now, he's the king of metal. He's the king of hockey. He's the king of NHL trade deadline day from NHL.com. It's our good friend, Sean Rourke. Uh, Sean, Tampa Bay made the big headline by getting McDonough and Miller. What's that do for the Lightning? How close are they and the Penguins right now? I think right now, you know, you're going to put them face-to-face, head-to-head in the Eastern Conference Final before they even play a game. I don't know if there's anybody that can can go up against the depth that each one of them has. I mean, Boston made that deal early on Friday thinking that they would get the jump on everybody and, you know, kind of put themselves in that conversation. But I think McDonough and Miller kind of negate what they did with, uh, with Rick Nash. Um, you know, everybody seems to have gone in both conferences offense right uh the penguins get brassard the bruins get nash like i said winnipeg went and got stoshny um so they all went and got offense to try and get over the hump and and and, uh the tampa bay just turns around and goes well you know what we'll just put the best defense that we have out there so to me they're a little bit like nashville was last year when they played the penguins in that they're going to kind of use defense to try and counter what these offensive teams are going to do and they have a really good one i would put it right up there with nashville right so you got you got Hedman, who's a Norris Trophy candidate. You got McDonough, who was a number one on the Rangers. Didn't really show it this year because they were so bad. But high quality defenseman Strawman, who I think is really underrated. Um, and then you got an offensive guy in Sergachev, and then you got three or four um, very complimentary guys that can play that third pair. So um, they they look really dangerous, and they didn't lose much off of their present day roster. It's just just Nemestikov, and and I I think you know T J Miller can I mean J T Miller can uh, replace him. Well, one thing you said that I want to stay with for a second, McDonough was the number one D in New York, and I'm not so sure he was good at being a number one D at this point in his career, but going to Tampa and playing on the same team as Hedman, uh, that's going to help him a great deal, don't you think? I do. He's going to probably be a number three, right? And so he's going to get that secondary matchup. Um, look, it's going to be hard when he plays a team like Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and he, that secondary matchup is is a one A line, really. But for a lot of teams, that that second matchup's a, a step down. And you know, if Ryan McDonough is going to step down and what he's competing against, he's going to be that much better. So yeah, I, I think it kind of you know for for them, it kind of slides everybody into their right position. 
Um, and and they have a little bit of everything. They have the defense first guys. They have the offense first guys. They have some really good penalty killers. They have some some guys that are very good on the on the power play, and, and they can spread the minutes out a little bit. And then when when they get in situations where they really need it, they can just load up into a top four and go crazy. I mean, John Cooper's been playing seven D a lot this year, um, and now his seven is even deeper than it was before. What's your take on Pittsburgh getting Derek Broussard in a deal that was way complicated, Sean? It was a complicated deal. It took like six hours from the minute it came out until it was finally uh, ratified by everybody involved. Well, Sean, um, Vegas was laundering money. It was like the movie Casino. <laughs> it was. You know, I don't know if you've seen it on the Internet yet either, but they did the good guys take on it with, with Mike Sullivan finding out about the deal um, You know, over the radio. Uh, so if you want to do your movie things, that's a good one too. <laughs> so, um, But uh, it's a great move, right? I mean, look... It, that was the secret to their success last year, and that probably the reason that they beat the the Predators is because they went so deep down the middle, and even with their deep defense, they they just couldn't get the matchups when they wanted them. And and I would argue, as much as Nick Benino was important to the Penguins, Derek Broussard's a better player than Nick Benino. Um, so now you got a better third line center than you had last year. Certainly a more offensive third line center, but still can do all those other things that I, I think Nick did. I'm really I'm really curious to see how he how he plays um with with Phil Kessel and, and what they can do together and look the other thing is if things go wrong again cuz playoffs are always about changing things around if things go wrong and and Mike wants to go nuclear option and put Sid and and Gino together Broussard's played second line center so you know you have that option there Yeah to me Sean the value of getting Broussard is uh Mike Sullivan can now legit put Sid Gino and Kessel on different lines when it was Kessel and Shane on the third line, it was okay, but kind of forced. But now he really has enough components, doesn't he? He does, and he, he can he can play a little bit of the mad chemist, right? And kind of, you know, especially now as he goes along, you know, for these next 20 games or so, he, he knows a lot about his team because there's a lot of veteran guys he's been around. But he can kind of mix and match with some of the things he's still trying to figure out. And, and you know, again, have those those options when things are going wrong, when you need to shake up your team in game three, four, or five of a series, you're not doing it cold and wondering what's going to happen. You can kind of take some notes now and figure out who works with who and how you can how you can switch things up when a team seems to have a read on you. Now, uh, obviously Tampa did well at the deadline. Pittsburgh did well at the deadline. Who else did well at the deadline, Sean? What other deals do you think uh, provided great benefit for their teams? Well, I think I think uh, Winnipeg hit it out of the park and there's a team, you know, Tim Day off. He, he rarely makes a move at the deadline. Uh, he really makes a move ever. He's, he's built from within. It's worked for him. There were some lean years to get to this point. Now he's got a team that's absolutely loaded and, you know, part of the reason people say that that Pittsburgh deal for Broussard was so complicated is, is because teams were trying to keep him away from Winnipeg. Same thing with Mark Letestu. You don't know how much of that is subterfuge, how much of that is true. But if there's any nugget of truth, it's because other teams realize how good they are. And then they do all that, and all of a sudden, Stastny falls right in their laps. I mean, that's a 20-goal guy right there, you know, who who's experienced, who's been through some playoffs, um, who's going to help them immensely. You look at you look at them, top nine now, and I, and I would say that they're nearly as good as the Penguins, if not as good. Um, so I think they've helped themselves out a lot, and I, and I think that Nashville 
I think that uh, he helped himself out again, um, David Poyle, and, and kind of in an underhanded way, right? Like, he didn't go and get the big guy this time. He went and got Ryan Hartman, who I think, you know, is a Western Conference player. He's going to bang. He's going to do a lot of things. Uh, odd goal here and there, kind of like a Nick Benino, I think. And, and part of the reason that he didn't go big game hunting, and he said today, was he has a kid playing in Russia that played for Finland in the Olympics. His name's Eli Kovanen. He was the best player. He was one of the best players in the Olympics. Scored the most points of a 19-year-old in the Olympics since Eric Lindros. And as soon as his KHL year is over, they're planning on bringing him over here and putting him in their lineup. And he didn't want to go get anybody that would get in his way. So you know, and with Mike Fisher coming back on out of retirement and signing a one-year deal today, they're extreme. They're as deep this year as they were last year, getting to Game Six in the playoffs. So those are those are the teams that jump out at me that I think did really well for themselves. We got New Jersey in town tomorrow night, and uh, they added Grabner and Maroon. Uh, the, the Devils are they're like 500-ish over their last 10 games, but I think they're a good team. How much of a shot in the arm will those acquisitions give them? They are a good team, and they've they've struggled a little bit because uh, Schneider's been hurt, and they've been going with Eddie Lack and and Keith Kincaid. Nothing against either one of those players; they've played well for them, but they're they're not the guy that they want to ride. And Schneider's getting close to being ready. He won't play against Pittsburgh, but he's getting closer. Um, I, I think Grabner's a huge shot in the arm. He's the kind of guy that they the system that they play now. The one thing you'll notice about New Jersey when they come in is they're relentless. They skate and they skate, and and Taylor Hall is just a special player right now. I think he should be in the MVP conversation. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's strange. I, I wouldn't have put Patrick Maroon on the list of, of teams that I wouldn't have put the Devils on the list of teams that Patrick Maroon would be a fit for because that's kind of what the Devils are getting away from it is kind of those slow plotting guys. But maybe he's a guy on the third line that, you know, can be that net front presence and and do some things that they don't really have right now. They don't have a lot of size. They're relentless and and they do all those things, but they don't have a lot of muscle behind it. Drew Stafford's a bit of a power forward, um, but uh, other than that, it's kind of hard to to identify the guys that'll go to those dirty areas and do the things you need done. So uh, I'm interested to see with how fast they've become in the last couple of years how Patrick fits with them. Um, but it could be it could be a good deal for them. We're talking to Sean Rourke. He's the director of editorial at NHL.com. A deal that shocked me was Vegas giving up a first, second, and third for Tatar. Now, don't get me wrong. Tatar's good. Vegas is good. For right now, I get it. But they still are an expansion team, Sean, and that's given up an awful lot of future for an expansion team. It is, but it, there, there are other pieces, right? That second is an Islander piece, um, so I, I don't think it was as painful. I, look, this has got to be really weird for George. He went into the season trying to load up on assets and, you know, going to use them at some point, whether it was over the summer, you know, leading into free agency or, or you know, during the year two or year three as he built up. But I think he's so far ahead of the curve right now in where he's at. I mean, look, you, you look and you say Winnipeg and Nashville, and then who's the three in that in that conference? I, I think it's I think it's Vegas right now until they prove otherwise. The one thing that scares me is they they don't really have a ton of playoff experience and and what happens when they get on that big stage. But right now, I mean, they beat every every top team in both conferences. Um, so you know, I, I think he was kind of riding the fence, right? If 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 
he was in that position with Washington, he would have expended a lot of capital, you know, to try and get them over the top. And I think he reined himself in a little bit. There was talk that he was in on Carlson um, till the very end, and I think that's why McDonough went so late is because teams were in on Carlson um, trying to get him uh, out of Ottawa. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he showed a lot of restraint. And then uh, I, I don't know that that cost is huge because he could really make some noise. He, meaning that the Vegas could make some noise in the playoffs in Tatar will certainly help with that. But I, I do know that if you're a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights, you can have no complaints at this point in the season. George McPhee's exceeded any expectations for, for what that team should be right now. Evander Kane went to San Jose. And some people on Twitter have been talking about how low the cost was. But I don't know how much I trust Evander Kane either. What, what's your take on that deal? Well, I think that's part of the reason why people are looking at it as a low-cost deal is because there's there's that element of unknown. What's he going to bring? What's he going to do? The one thing I look at is when he was in Winnipeg, they were not a great team. They they were struggling. Um, they were on the ascendancy, but they weren't there yet. There were a lot of lean nights in in Winnipeg before he left. And then he goes to Buffalo, and there's been a lot of lean nights in Buffalo since he got there. Um, and, I, and I think that's hard on a player. And, and you know, Every player kind of takes it differently. Some kind of withdraw in and, and just kind of throw their hands up and, you know, try and do their part and nothing else. Others, you know, get angry about it and, and kind of lash out. And so now he's going to a situation in San Jose, you know, where they've been to the Cup in the last couple of years. They're playing extremely well right now. Um, their goaltender, Martin Jones, has been playing out of his mind. And if he continues to do that, they're going to, to me, they're the dark horse in the West. And, you know, he gets an opportunity, especially with Joe Thornton uh, out for now, and nobody's sure when he's going to come back to really contribute in a top six role. And, and I think Evander knows, you know, what people are saying. And Jason Botterill made it a little clear in his press conference saying there weren't a lot of offers for Evander to kind of drive that point home. I, I think Evander knows, you know, that there's there's an opportunity here to kind of rewrite that narrative that's surrounding him. He has a big rest of this season and a big playoffs for them, and, and I think a lot of the past will be forgotten. And, and to me, I, I don't I don't think uh, their GM spoken yet, but in the release that they came out, you know, he said this is an opportunity for Evander to get to know the San Jose group and the city, and, and that's a suggestion right there that this is not a pure rental. That this is this is a piece that if things work out well, he would like to integrate into his. Group and that's what he's done. Whenever he's made a big trade in the past, he did that with Burns, and he did that. Uh, and San Jose did that with with Joe Thornton when he came in. They were able to keep both those guys in the fold. So um, you know that's kind of how I look at that. I, I think it's a little bit of a trial by uh, trial by fire, but there's a hope that on both sides it's going to work out. And finally, Sean, enough hockey. What do you think of the Metallica tour? Uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm not the biggest Metallica guy. I'm more a Megadeth guy. But Metallica's coming to Pittsburgh, and a lot of the big-time groups don't anymore. So for that, I'm grateful. Yeah, no, that's going to be great. I, you know, the last couple of days have been crazy with the trade deadline, so I'm not, I'm not as up on the tour as as uh, I should be. I know they're going to be in Pittsburgh in in October and uh, right around the start of the hockey season. So maybe uh, maybe a long weekend in Pittsburgh to catch that and the Penguins. Um, I, I think it's going to be cool. I, I mean, a lot of a lot of bands of that era are starting to do their last shows, right? Like Slayer's going out for the last time. That's a fantastic bill this summer, and uh, the Misfits are playing again. I don't know if they're going to Pittsburgh, but they've already sold out the Prudential Center here. So um, it's going to be a good spring, summer, fall for uh, for metal. 
Sean, as always, great stuff, and we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll see you in the playoffs. Absolutely. That's Sean Work, one of our main men, and he's the boss at NHL.com with some great insight on the trade deadline. If you're just tuning in, the Penguins got uh, Joris from Carolina. He's a jabroni center. Some depth. I guess it's good. And uh, they're going to sign Patrick Hornquist to a five-year contract extension tomorrow, which I did not see coming. But right now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. No one wants to hear your life story. What do you want to say on my radio show? Hey, yo, Mike. Mark, how you doing? Call me Mike. DX at 105.9. Time now to ask Mark anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's very best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out Chapino in the Strip. Let's go to Churchill, Charlie in the car. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Since Glenn Danzig has reason Okay, your phone sucks. I, I'm not a Misfits guy. With or without Glenn Danzig. I worked with them very briefly, believe it or not. When they were minus Danzig, they did some stuff with WCW back when. They accompanied Vampiro to the ring. But, uh, and I think Jerry only wrestled a couple matches. Bunch of nice guys, but uh, I'm not into it. Let's go to Justin in the car. Justin, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. What up? Hey, I just I wanted to ask you, back in the day whenever you announced for uh, wrestling, when Tank Abbott dragged you into the ring, on a scale from 1 to 10, how bad did those belly smackers hurt? Didn't hurt at all. Do you think it's real? Yeah. Okay, it wasn't real. We rehearsed that extensively before we did it. We gimmicked my shirt so it would rip when he tore at it. I mean, you really thought that was real? God, you're pathetic. Leaves the line open, 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Brandon in Pitcairn. Brandon. Ask Mark anything. Hey, yes, sir. I was just wondering, with uh, being as Mike Fisher was retired, could he sign with any team? Or he's coming back with Nashville. He's re- he's he's come out of retirement to play for Nashville. Don't you actually turn on the That's internet right. machine ever? That's who he played for last year. I know, and he's going to again this year. Could, could if he went anywhere else? Say he wanted to go anywhere. He, he didn't. He doesn't. He's playing for Nashville. F off. My God. That's like the guy after the trade deal like says, well, who should they have gotten that they didn't? What's the difference? Let's go to Mallory in the car. Mallory. Ask Mark anything. Was, and if you will sit next to me at the concert. What's that? What your favorite Metallica song is, and if you will sit next to me at the concert. I don't think I'll even be going to the concert, Mallory, but I appreciate you asking. My favorite Metallica song, my favorite Metallica album is the first album, which obviously Dave Mustaine was uh, very involved in writing. And uh, I don't know, I mean, Seek and Destroy. I mean, that holds up very well. That's still very much play. That's the Penguins opening theme when they come on the ice, I think. So I'm going to go with Seek and Destroy. And Jump in the Fire is probably a, a close second. 
Did Mustaine write Seek and Destroy? No, he did not. At least did not get credit for it. And screw Mustaine. Let's go to George in the car. George, ask Mark anything. George, you there? Our phones are dead, and that means a premature end of the show. Plus, when it's a phone segment, you can't work with the phones. You just ditch. Only 70 seconds early. 105.9 X.